Imagine having the life of your dreams. Not temporary cash and glory, but happiness and inner peace. Explore new ways to be a creator and take your own journey into greatness. Is it possible? What does it take to make that happen? It takes the person known for extreme results. He's called the cage breaker and the ultimate catalyst. Coming back from the brink of death and now crushing it for himself and his clients, this is your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Ultimate Life. We're on episode 757 and I'm so excited. 757 episodes ago, I never, ever would have imagined that we would be here. And it's about three years now. We did the first, oh, I don't know. I'm going to pull that microphone down. It's in the way. We did the first, um, and you wouldn't have seen that unless you're watching the video, but that's all right. We did the first 600 uh, every day. And for about a year and a half or almost two years, and of course, sometimes when I moved and we did some other things, we missed some. But then we started doing it twice a week because we had too many episodes and we weren't really able to do it. And I also decided that maybe 15 minutes was a little short. We did it 15 minutes to start with on purpose and did it every day. And about episode 600, we switched to video. And a little later, we kept 15 minutes, but then we switched to uh, twice a week. So we do it twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday. Today's episode's titled Break the Cage, and the reason is because Break the Cage is part of a framework that I created. This podcast is dedicated to helping you create purpose, prosperity, and joy. That means make a business, make cash, serve people, live the lifestyle you want. Now, we're at the end of year three of this pandemic. You know, we started with lockdowns in March of 2020, and this is March of 2020. 23, as I'm recording it, it'll go out on April 11th. So that's when you'll hear it. But we've just now finished three years of this pandemic. And, you know, if you watch the news, now they're starting the recriminations of the greatest fraud in history perpetrated by a high-ranking health figure. And the media is continuing. It doesn't matter if you're on the right or the left. The alarmist nonsense of scaring everybody. That fear is something that has been on my mind a lot. And sometimes when I say fear, people misunderstand and they think of mortal fear, like like I think something bad's going to happen to me. Well, you know what? That really is what's going on. It isn't physical fear most of the time. If you're in a dark alley and someone's going to attack you, then it's physical fear. If you're in a old days and there's a saber-toothed tiger, that's our favorite thing to talk about, then there's physical fear. But most of the time, I would guess that 99% plus of the situations where we feel the hormones and neurotransmitters associated with fear, it isn't really going to hurt us. Physically, nothing's going to happen. And so that fear is I I think it's on my mind lately because there's so much of it. We've got a war now that's over a year old that there was no need for. It was a horrific act of uh, egoic aggression. You know, there's all kinds of other ways to change the status between countries. Negotiations, trade, money, opportunity, but no attack and kill 
is not acceptable in our world. And we're doing it, and we do it not only in a war, but we do it on the streets. We do it when people get so frustrated with others, they think their only option is violence. And all of that comes from a single thing. And that single thing is we feel powerless. We don't feel like we have ultimate control over our lives and destinies. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like no matter what you do, you get up every day, it's the same uh, thing every day. You just get up and go after the same old things. And it's frustrating and it's sad and it's heartbreaking and you think, oh, nothing's ever gonna change. Well, I call that feeling being locked in a cage. And when I started my coaching creation, when I ended my career with the electricity business and energy, and I'd been doing for 30 years, from 1977 to 2007, 30 years, believe that, wow, 30 years in that industry. And in 2007, uh, you know the story if you've listened, and if you haven't, why not? You go back and listen to what happened or read the book, Tightrope of Depression. I had a wild crazy, difficult, life-threatening ride through depression for 35 years, from when I left home at 17 until I was 52. Anyway, when that divine intervention happened, an invitation, and I changed my life completely, walked away from that 30-year industry, not really knowing what I was going to do. Scared. Ooh, yeah, scared. You know, I heard a talk yesterday, and someone was talking about fear, and they were saying just exactly the things that I say. And that is that fear isn't real. The effects are real. We are petrified. We stop doing things. We run away from things. We don't try things. We give up on things because we feel this thing. But it isn't a, an actual substance. Like you can't bring me a teaspoon of fear, a cup of fear, a brick of fear, a box of fear. doesn't come in you know, on Amazon delivery. You can't do that. We all know that, right? And, but we brush all that off and say, yeah, 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 whatever. And we do that because it is so powerful and so real. And we think, yeah, 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 you're just saying that. Everybody knows what fear is. Well, we do. And we do because we've lived governed by it. But you know, we're not born that way because when babies are little, they just do whatever's in front of them, right? And then they learn sometimes very appropriately what to not do or what not to do. The old example is hand on a hot stove or shut your fingers in the door or you know, step off a ledge or a building or something because something physical, dangerous, bad is going to happen, right? But we also learn a pile of other fears, and that is fear of rejection, fear of not being good enough, fear of being laughed at, fear of being ridiculed, fear of being exposed, fear of uh, exceeding the expectations of others and therefore being uh, rejected and being an outcast. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of subtle fears. Well, I can't do that because then People will know who I really am and I'll be exposed. I was afraid of that for a long time. Why? Because I was a drug addict and stuff behind the scenes and I had to keep that hidden. And, you know, I had been married and divorced three times and I didn't even know how to have a relationship. I never learned to tell the truth. I learned to be a pathological liar as a kid to protect myself because I grew up getting crap beat out of me all the time. So, but I never unlearned that. I never got the help I needed to sort of get okay. So I say all this, and I call it being locked in a cage. Being locked in a cage is this place where you can see the things you want. Car, money, relationship, happiness, joy, connection with the divine, purpose in your life, all the things that we yearn for. 
you can see them, and you can see them for, in two ways. First of all, you can see them in your own mind, like you have this thought of what it would be like to be just happy and no pressure, finally. No pressure to make money and no pressure to please somebody and live in somebody else's dream. No pressure. Oh, no worry about money or taxes or, and also no worry about people finding out who you really are and what you're doing and your secrets in your closet and the bad things or unkind things or whatever that you do or have done. Imagine living without any of that fear. Sometimes it's even hard to imagine such a thing. So that's one fear. <clears throat> and another fear look, is part of that is just not measuring up. Like we have this idea that we're not going to measure up to whatever is expected of us, that somehow we are subpar. So you look out from your cage and you see things that you want in your mind. And the other thing you see is what you think you're supposed to have. So if you're success, you're supposed to have, at least in the Western world, a car, maybe two, certain age of car. It can't be too old because then you're driving a clunker. Got to have a nice house. Got to live in a decent neighborhood. Got to make a certain amount of money. Got to have this and that luxury. You know, that kind of thing. We, we imagine that that's true in order to be happy, live that ultimate life. Well, all of that's made up and we all learned it. We learned it because of marketing. We learned it of, you know, people that want to sell us stuff. And we learned it because of society expectations in school from literally the time we first interact with others. Comparison, not good enough. You know, I'm better than you. I put you down so I feel good. Or, you know, you put me down so you feel good. All that stuff happens. And that generates all this fear, fear of comparison, fear of judgment, et cetera, et cetera. So fear is one of the huge things that keeps us locked in a cage. The other thing, another thing, there are three bars. I mean, there's more than three bars in a cage, but I have three things that are written right on those bars. One is fear, and one is procrastination. Procrastination is a child of fear. We put stuff off because we think we don't know how. We're afraid we're going to fail. We're afraid we're going to look bad. We, uh, you know, it's going to be too hard. We're going to have to work too hard, whatever, right? And so we put stuff off over and over and over and over and over again. Lots of the reasons we put stuff off are because we're afraid of something, afraid of the outcome, afraid of being exposed, doing it wrong, working too hard. No matter what we do, it's not going to work anyway, all that kind of stuff. And the third uh, bar is self-sabotage. And that comes from feeling like we don't deserve something. So, some people don't have this. I had it a lot. Because I was raised with a lot of physical abuse, I believed to my heart, my heart of hearts that I was fundamentally flawed. Something was wrong with me. And that my real job in life was simply to work really hard and prove I was okay to my abusers, mainly. <clears throat> in my case, that happened to be my mom more than anyone. But I, I, she was right because a lot of it was religious and behavior-based. And so I had to prove she was right because she had, I was good enough for her because she had God on her side. And I was dying, literally, all my childhood and my adult life to have her say, you are accepted, you're okay, you're all I ever could want. And there was a person that I heard of <clears throat> just recently. I did a podcast interview the other day of someone that's coming out in a month or two. 
said that the parent, they knew a parent, and I know it's hard to follow through, but my guest said she knew a parent who always said to their children, you don't have to do anything for me to love you. You don't have to prove anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be anything. I love you anyway. I could never have imagined even that world because everything I ever knew from my earliest memory was conditional. You're only okay if. So that drove me to self-sabotage because when I created success in careers and made a lot of money, but I didn't have that approval, then I assumed this money and everything's bad. So I would wreck it. I lost jobs. I ruined positions. I destroyed relationships and everything because I don't deserve this happiness because I don't have that approval. The approval was paramount. And this success over here, no matter what it looked like to anybody else, wasn't enough. So I created self-sabotage, self-loathing, I hated myself, and that you know drove to addictions and a bunch of other stuff. So now we've defined what the cage is, and today we're talking about breaking the cage. Breaking the cage. Ending this problem, getting past it. Well, the first thing that has to happen is you have to recognize you're in a cage. Like you have a story. That is usually sort of obvious, but it goes like this. We see other people, others around us, maybe celebrities, maybe just regular folks down the street, next door neighbor, And they seem to be okay. They seem to be happy. They seem to be doing it, getting it, having it, being it. Wow, they got it. What's wrong with me? Right? And that's usually how we figure that out. Well, they've got it. I'm something wrong with me. And then we blame it on us or we blame it on the weather or God or the economy or circumstance or lucky breaks or our upbringing or whatever. But we see somebody else has got it. And if we are in tent on changing, then we can realize, you know what, and this is where you need help, because I was stuck in this and couldn't help myself. Doing it all alone, I, I don't even know if it's possible. Maybe there's a few, but that's why we have counselors and coaches and that sort of thing, is the purpose, the function of that. Think of an athletic coach. An athlete might be trying to do something, and they see another athlete performing the same kinds of things, and they see that they're jumping higher, running faster, whatever it is, And they think, I can't do that. I keep trying and trying and trying. I can't do that. Well, if you get some help, a good coach, a teacher, someone that can look at you and say, well, you're doing this. If you didn't move your arms as much or if you moved them more or if you picked up your knees higher or whatever it takes for sprinting or swimming or running or singing or acting or painting or whatever, someone who knows and can see what you're doing and give you some help. So you need help. And sometimes when you're broken, like if I break my arm, I got to go to the doctor. If my head's messed up and I've got some mental brokenness, like I did depression, I had to go see some counselors who were skilled at resetting the bones, the busted bones in my head. And so if we understand depression, anxiety, all of those kinds of things, it's just like a broken arm. For so long, we live with the idea that, you know, no, if you just suck it up, it's just you, you can just fix it. Come on. That's not true. And now we are starting to fully realize that. And there's still a lot of stigma, but uh, there's less than there certainly was 30 years ago when I was in the middle of trying to kill myself, which I tried twice. So if you if you realize you're locked in a cage and then you say, you know what, I'm not going to stay here. I'm just not. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what I got to do. I'm breaking out. Then you can start breaking the cage. So the first thing to do is recognize, you know what, I don't have to stay here. I refuse to stay here. I don't know what I'm going to do. 
but I'm going to be out. Well, that is a first powerful step and you make a declaration. I'm going to get whatever help it needs and do whatever I got to do because I'm leaving. So CAGE, I now use in my program as an acronym, Create, Achieve, Grow, Enjoy. Create, Achieve, Grow, Enjoy. Now, getting from being locked in a cage behind bars of fear, procrastination, and self-sabotage to where you're fully free to be yourself, do what you want to do, do what you feel called to, to do, and create, achieve, grow, enjoy, or whatever words you want to substitute for those, that's a process. And for that, I am so grateful for lots of help, spiritual help that I found in my relationship with God, which I had to recraft because it was so warped from my upbringing. I had to completely retool that. And I didn't run away and deny it or say there's no such thing because all this bad stuff happened to me, although I could have, and some do, but I really understood and found a new, brand new, tear it all down, burn it down, start over again relationship. And what I discovered is that the divine goes to any lengths to offer us that invitation. It's never too late and we're never too lost. And it's never the case that too much water's under the bridge. We can give up on ourselves, but the divine never does. God never gives up on us. That's what I know. So I had to work on that. And I had to make a choice to humble pride and eliminate it effectively and go see counselors. They look, I'm busted. I don't know how to do this. So getting the right help and being willing to do it and go to whatever lengths it is and whatever situation you're in depends on, you know, that defines what kind of help's available to you. Maybe you, you know, can or can't afford a certain kind of help or therapy or counseling or something. There are resources. And the other alternative is to give up and stay locked in a cage. And why would you do that? Because the truth about you and me is that you're a divine being. You were created by the same God I was. You are given gifts and talents, and you have a mission here. And some people then say, yeah, my mission is to serve as a bad example, and that's nobody's mission. Some things that I've done are examples of bad examples and bad ideas. But that is not defining who I am, nor does it define you. So being courageous enough to get, to, get some help is the, the most important thing. And the help might come from the divine. It might help come from friends. It might come from shrinks. I found it so useful after I made the declaration I'm changing to not only get to counselors, but to get a coach because a coach does something different than a counselor. A counselor or a therapist or a doctor fixes what's broken. A coach wants to take you from okay, which is where the doctor stops from busted to okay, to exceptional, to the Olympic podium, to the highest level you can be. Be your best self is an acronym or a phrase we all use too much. So breaking the cage is a intentional choice. I'm done living behind bars of fear, procrastination, and self-sabotage. And you can substitute whatever words in there you want, but put them in there. Because if you are not living your ultimate life, that's on you. Now, that doesn't mean you can go from busted to on the podium in one moment. I've never seen anyone do that, and I sure didn't. But you can start in one moment. You can put your foot down, your fist on the table, or simply a quiet commitment in your heart. I'm moving in a positive direction. 1% today. 1%. I had a coaching call yesterday with a client, and the, the simple act of organizing 
what there was to do. Here's what you have. Here's all the things on your plate. Which one are you going to do first? Which ones do you like? Which ones are you avoiding? And then just getting some small commitments to get started, change the game. Change the game. And as a coach, I functioned in that opportunity to change the game for them. Wow, what a thing. And I love doing that. I get to do that all the time with all my clients. And the way we do it is different for everybody because everybody's in a different place. <clears throat> so you guys know my road to 50 million. I'm on that road to 50 million. And by the time you hear this in April, it'll be halftime. Halftime. In fact, the next episode I'm going to do is, is called uh, 50 million halftime because it comes out on April 14th. My year starts October 14th. Create, achieve, grow, enjoy. Now you can make all the excuses you want, but you know what the world needs? The world needs you, 100% you, all in, no filter, no fetters, no worry about who's going to like or not like you. That's what we need. You were given gifts and talents, and I, for one, need them. I want them. I want to see you, hear you, believe you, love you, experience you in all your glory. Because you're a divine being. You have those capabilities, and I, for one, can't wait to see them, feel them, understand them, know them, be blessed by them. So breaking the cage, decide you're leaving. You're going to be no longer fettered. Get the help you need. And then the next two things are the most powerful things I've ever done. I started experimenting with a, a, a life declaration. And what I mean by that is a declaration of who I am. And it's, you know, we've all seen those things. Well, I'm a capable, compassionate, wonderful woman. Or I'm a, you know, great, wonderful, loving dad. Or, you know, phrases like that that you create at some event or because you read some book. There's nothing wrong with those, but they're weak. Because usually they're things we don't believe. When we say them, we feel funny inside. It's like I'm just blowing smoke. And we sort of go down the road of fake it till you make it. Well, I'm just going to keep saying this over and over and over and over and over again until I try to convince myself it's true. I call those affirmations, and that's not to cast aspersions on the word affirmations, but they're the weak form of something that is more powerful, which is a declaration. So one piece of your declaration could be, I am a daughter of God. I am a son of God or a creation of the divine or the universe, or however you want to phrase it. And just stop there and spend a half an hour thinking about what that means. God doesn't create intentional failure. He doesn't create junk. You, as a child, a daughter of the universe, have all the capabilities and powers of infinity. We now know from physics that we're all connected in the quantum level and all that stuff. Well, that was always true, even before we knew it. And you know what? We all feel and felt that. We all knew somewhere in our hearts that was true. But we didn't talk about it except in the woo-woo fringe circles, right? But it was true then and it's still true. Wow. So even if you just start with that, I'm an absolute child of the divine. Wow. Okay. What does that mean? Well, what would a child of the divine do? Well, I certainly wouldn't live in self-loathing. I certainly wouldn't live in trying to sabotage everything I'm doing. You know what else I wouldn't do? I wouldn't treat other people poorly. I would treat others just kindly and seek to understand and share in, in their gifts and share mine. Those are just some small things that you can begin with one simple statement. 
And my personal truth and commitment is long. It's several pages. And it's full of statements like that that are true. They're foundationally true. So they're not things I'm saying to try to convince myself or stuff that causes me to recoil. It is a statement of truth. I'm a child of God. I have gifts and talents. I have a mission and purpose. Those are fundamentally true. The, the resistance about exploring them is natural. But if you just sit quietly and then say, you know, I'm going to explore this and think, what would that mean? And if you can't even start there, then start here. Let's pretend that that's true for a minute. What would I do then? And sometimes we default to, well, if that were true, God wouldn't let this and that happen. You know what? This life is not intended to be easy. It's not for the weak. It is intended to stretch and push and develop us. It's not intended to be a walk in the park, a piece of cake, or any of the rest of that stuff. And that's wonderful because that means we're going to leave this life stretched, developed, and really how we're going to leave this life is whatever we've chosen to be. Now think about that. I'm a son of the divine. What I do with my opportunities and challenges and struggles and terror and good stuff in this life is going to be what I make of me, and that's all I'm taking home. No clothes, no car, no money, no bank account, no prestige, no CEO titles, none of that. None of it's going. The only thing that's going back with me is what I've made of myself. Wow. Break the cage. Create your ultimate life. My mission is to help. These podcasts are intended to encourage you and to invite you into your greatest self. If there's something I can do besides these podcasts, get a hold of me. Stop waiting and procrastinating. I'm a coach. I know many other coaches. I have helped many and can help many. And I have been helped by many. Under no circumstances is it rewarding or fulfilling to quit. We all know what that is. Start today. Make a determination to grow 1% because it doesn't happen all at once. Move forward to create your ultimate life. Open your heart in this time around. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that you take it deeply into your heart and decide for yourself how you can create anything you desire. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback and topic suggestions. Until tomorrow, this is Your Ultimate Life with host Kellen Flukiger. Stop.